0: In today's show, we're looking at busts for fantasy basketball on Yahoo and on ESPN. Michael Bolton, he wants to hear about him. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. We did a show last week on fantasy sleepers for category leagues. So what we're going to do today is fantasy busts for category leagues and people that play in points leagues. We will be doing a busts and a sleeper show for Points Leagues later on this week. So don't stress. It is going to come. It's it's going to happen. We're going to do it. We're going to talk busts. Uh, and We're going to talk busts today, but sleepers and busts for Points Leagues is coming. Now, since since I did the sleeper show, Yahoo's gone and adjusted basically all of their rankings. So we will probably do another sleeper video later on, not this week, you know, in a couple of weeks' time probably some point in October um, with updated rankings, but just understand that the bust rankings now are based on the updates from, what date is it Say The 20th of September here in Australia, 19th of September over there in the US where they have updated their rankings. So that's going to make things a little bit different. Some of the numbers I may have mentioned on the sleeper show um, will be different because they've changed a bunch of their rankings. Not uh, not surprisingly so. And that, that does make finding the busts on Yahoo because um surprisingly uh, a lot of the the updated rankings they do coincide with a lot of my thoughts that's uh, that that's how the rankings have adjusted so some of that value has been taken away and some of those busts have been there's still plenty they're still out there but there's just not as many as there was before this is their third update if you go back to their first update holy shit! Uh, all their first lot of rankings there things are wildly wildly different so let's talk about busts over on yahoo um, I have to mention this one. Again, we're talking category leagues. Luka Doncic is ranked at three. I just think it's ridiculous to take him at three. Um, I do think you can make a case for him at five, and five to three is not that much of a difference. But if you're picking Doncic at three, it means you are passing on. Let's say Jokic goes at one. So you are passing on one of the following players. Steph Curry, James Harden, Yanni Antetokounmpo, which in a roto league, I wouldn't take Yanni that high. Lillard or Towns to get Doncic, right? It, it doesn't... You do have to punt free throws with Doncic. Maybe he gets better there for sure. And I can see the argument with taking him at five ahead of Lillard and ahead of Towns. I, I can see that argument. But at three, it means he's going ahead of one of Harden or Curry and ahead of Yanni. And I I don't really think that that is a smart idea. Giannis. Yes. To talk a to. oh. In a roto league, there's no way that I take Luka in that top five... Top eight, probably even maybe maybe gets to eighth in a roto league, but in, a, in a head-to-head category league. Um, picking him at number three, I think is ridiculous. I just don't think there's any any benefit in that. They got Russ Westbrook at number seventeen. Um, I I don't, I don't really understand what we're doing. There with that either. Westbrook last season obviously was bad to begin the year and really hot to end the season. He did end up as the 25th ranked player. He did it in 36 minutes a night. I expect the minutes to come down. I expect the usage, the scoring, the assists to all come down playing for the Lakers. There is a punt scenario there with him as well where you punt free throws. It still doesn't justify taking him at number 17. It just doesn't. You shouldn't do it. Don't do it. Please. Westbrook at 17 in a category league is pretty ridiculous, I think. His ADP is 24, um, so that's interesting. Now, they have dropped Ja Morant back. Morant's ADP is 39, which is insanity. This is a bloke that couldn't finish inside the top 115 last season. They've bumped him back out to number 51. It is still too high. I think that Morant is going to take steps forward. I think he's going to see a little bit more volume from three. Don't expect huge amounts, though. And I think that we, if at the very least we could get his efficiency back to where it was as a rookie, where his field goals and free throws both dropped off as a second-year player. I'm not expecting high-volume threes or high-volume rebounds or high-volume steals, but 51, you're just expecting everything to just go through the roof. And you know what? It might happen, but it also might not. And I think taking him there is ridiculous. And at ADP 39, well, you've lost your mind. Like, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Spencer Dinwiddie's at 72. I think it's too high. Dinwiddie, like Morant, low steals, low threes, poor percentage player who will get nice points and assists, which people really froth over. They get really excited about those big numbers, but everything else is pretty poor for Dinwiddie. Now, I think he's a really, really solid pick if you can get him at the right spot. 72 is not that spot, I don't think, and it's just too high. It's just based on, well, now look, he's starting. And he's playing in Washington. He's going to get high usage. That's all well and good. Usage doesn't mean that you hit threes, get rebounds, get steals, get blocks, or shoot well from the line or shoot well from the field. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means that you've got more of an opportunity to have a bad impact on field goal percentage. I think Dinwiddie's fine, around like the 100-ish sort of area. But if you're taking him at 70, you're hoping for him to have the best season of his career. Remember, he played 30 minutes a night two years ago. You're hoping for the best season of his career and for so many things to come together to get to that best case situation. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And then while I can justify Doncic at three, I can understand why you do it. I can say, well, we look at Morant going to 51. That's fine. Okay, let's say Dinwiddie is in a better spot. 72 is fine. I can make the uh, punt free throws. Russell Westbrook at 17. Look, if I squint hard enough, I can see it happening. Jordan Clarkson at 89. I just... I, I, I don't know what we're doing. Like, why are we taking him there? Last season, which was by far the best season of Jordan Clarkson's career, he was the 108th ranked player in 27 minutes a night. If Conley has a modicum of health, probably doesn't play 27 minutes a night. He's shooting regressed hard. I think he was outside the top 150 for the last two months of the year. 89 is just getting a draft pick and setting it on fire. It makes no sense to take Jordan Clarkson in that position. Um again, it's just part of that real overvaluation of points. Yeah, him, Dinwiddie, Morant, that's their best categories. And it does. It, and, and it is hard to get points for sure. But Dinwiddie, or, or Dinwiddie, Jordy Clarkson uh, at 89, uh, yeah, nah. All right, if you're sweating about and thinking, what the hell is Yahoo doing by having Jordan Clarkson at 89? Maybe you need Sweat Block. It is the doctor-created, doctor-recommended formula for excessive sweating. If you've got an issue with excessive sweat, you don't, you're don't you going to go into your wardrobe and pick out a shirt and go, man, I've got to really be careful what color shirt I get because I don't want sweat stains ruining my day. Sweat block is been around for over 10 years and it can help reduce that problem. It works for up to seven days. Get the wipes, wipe it under your arm before you go to bed, wake up the next morning and go out there and uh, attack the day. And you're done up to seven days. Amazing stuff. This is available at Amazon. It's at CVS. But you can also get it at sweatblock.com. And you can do it by saving 20% if you use our promo code locked on. So sweatblock, if you need a, a strong, strong ass antiperspirant, sweatblock is the product for you. So head to sweatblock.com and use our promo code locked on to save 20%. Another problem which might be familiar to you, you've got your live sports, you're sitting here on a Sunday watching the NFL and you watch your on-demand shows somewhere else and then you've got your highlights on your phone and then you've got to go get Jono's login down the road for something else to watch. It's too confusing. There's too many different things. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without that hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites like Never before, together, in that one spot. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And with the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Go to directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right, let's look at some more point guard busts over here on the old Yahoo. But before I do, today... We've got another opening in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Championship. We did one the other day, and today what you have to do, you have to go to my Instagram page, at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You have to find the post advertising this show, the Fantasy Basketball Bust Show. Find that post. If you drop it in my DMs, if you post it on a different post, I won't include you in the draw. The Locked On Fantasy Basketball Championship, if you don't know, it is a winner-take-all 12-team draft-only, in that there's no trades or waiver pickups, but you make weekly lineup moves. 11 category, different categories. We're talking threes made, twos made, three-point percentage, two-point percentage, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, free throws attempted, free throw percentage, steals, blocks. 11 categories. A wild sort of format. 27 rounds, 10 active guys. You're just drafting a whole bunch of players because you can't use the waiver wire. If you want in this league against me, it's $50 entry, and we are drafting the Thursday before the NBA season starts at night US time. If you want in this league, what you need to go is, is go to the Instagram post, and you need to see if you can get this question. I think I've mentioned this before, but I don't know if I have, so it's going to be an interesting question. I'm pretty sure I have. If anyone knows... Well, this is the question to ask. What country, what country my partner was born in? All right, that's there's, there's your question. What country was my partner born in? Drop that comment below on the Instagram post for today's episode at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. What country was my partner born in? And then I will contact you. I will pick one person at random to enter that league to go against me there. All right, let's look at... um. Some more point guard busts. Dennis Schroeder. He's at 102 on Yahoo. I just don't think he's even worth drafting, to be honest. At this point, I am, I expect, fully expect Marcus Smart to be their starting point guard. Now, there are some people thinking that Al Horford's going to start next to Robert Williams. I just think that's a terrible idea. Maybe they do it. But if they do it, it's actually worse for Dennis Schroeder because that means that Brown plays at the two and Tatum plays at the three. Now, if Brown's the three and Tatum's the four, that does open up some spot there for Schroeder, but I just think that it'll be Aaron Neesmith or Josh Richardson or Peyton Pritchard who push in there. I just don't see enough value in Schro- Schroeder at number 102 to be worthwhile. Last season for the Lakers, he played 32 minutes a night. He was the 100th best player. I don't think he plays 32 minutes a night for the Celtics. You know, I think if you want to take him, he's at 150, not at 102. These last ones are guys who are just, they're ranked too high for me. And while it's not going to make too much of a difference in standard leagues, Emmanuel is at 182. It's just not enough there for me. Last season, he ranked 260th. I think he will improve some of his shooting, but there's just no minutes upside with Rose, Walker, Fournier, uh, Burks. You're all getting those minutes. He doesn't have a path to 25 minutes. He does lack in fantasy value because of steals, assists, poor field goal percentage, He can be a really good um, streamer for points at times, but 182 means you're looking at him as a last round 14 team league on. I don't really think that's the case. Devontae Graham, I think, is going to be in an interesting situation this year. I wouldn't want to burn pick 88 on him. I know that. That's where he's ranked uh, on Yahoo at the moment. People forget, maybe people don't forget, but he played 30 minutes a night last season. He was 118th. Sure, yeah, you punt field goals and his value does increase. I think you look at him in that 95 to 105. So it's not outrageous to have him at 88. I just wouldn't burn it at 88. There's no point. And this one here, I just put it in for a laugh. Alfred Payton's ranked 211th. There'll be people listening to this show who do not know what team Alfred Payton plays for this season. And I don't blame you. He is the third string point guard for the Phoenix Suns. And he's at 211. Guys, please do not draft Alfred Payton in any league whatsoever. Alfred Payton at 211 makes uh, not a lot of sense, I would say. Let's look at some shooting guard busts. I think most of the shooting guard rankings were actually pretty good. But there are a few here that I just think are a little bit too high. Dunk Robinson at 116. Look, if you really need threes, there's there's no problem. With, and I am nitpicking a bit here. There's no problem with him at 116. Right? I think I'd like to get him at like 130, 125. But if you desperately need the threes and, and he's the guy there, grab him. But it is probably a little bit high. Kelly Oubre at 124. And Oubre's ranked 124 and his ADP is 110, so he's going earlier than that. I'm just not sure there's enough minute upside for him there in Charlotte. Bridges, Haywood, Washington, Rozier. Like, Oubre can play the two and the three, sure. But I'm just not sure that he's getting 31 minutes a night this season. Maybe it's 27. And... You know, at 124, I don't think it's worth it. Victor Oladipo at 158. I wouldn't be drafting Victor Oladipo into Standard League. Yeah, 156 is the cutoff for standards. 158 puts him in that discussion, and his ADP's at 140. I wouldn't even bother with a last-round flyer in Oladipo, to be honest. Um, Lou Dort is there. No, my son is also named Bort. Dort's at 156. Again, it's just a last-round fly. It's It's very hard to hate on that. But I guess if I'm looking at 14-team leagues or 16-team leagues, that's not a last-round pick. That's a 12th or 11th-round pick. And Dort, we saw him get lots of minutes and ramp the usage up. Wasn't able to be a top 200 player last year. The Thunder are stronger this year. Yeah, maybe Gildress Alexander misses time, and, and who knows? Dort's going to start. He's going to play 30 minutes. I just don't think he's a particularly good category league fantasy guy. And that doesn't make a lot of sense. Same as Pants, Kevin Herter at 144. Herter was much improved last... Well, not much improved. He exceeded my expectations last year. Now, I think in large part, that was because DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, and Bogdan Bogdanovich missed so much time. Now, we're assuming they're all healthy to go. There's Lou Williams there for a full season as well. I just don't see how there's any way that Herter plays the 31 minutes that he did last year. And he's, he was ranked 131 in those 31 minutes. So we're looking at him playing... You're being basically the same guy as last year. And I just don't see how the 31 minutes for him possibly happened. So again, it's a last pick. It's hard to hate on it too much. It just doesn't work particularly well for me. Guys, I'm got to tell you about a new, new sponsor for this show. And it is the Sleeper app. Sleeper is a product which many of you may not have heard of. It is a fantasy basketball hosting site. And they offer something different to the other sites. Sleeper offers something which they call their game pick format. What If you're someone who doesn't have the time to play a league where you're making daily changes and trying to figure that out, Sleeper has an option for you. Sleeper, the game pick format, you pick one game per player for the week. That's all you need to do. So you don't need to worry about streaming. You just pick one game for the week. So if you are in a league with people who are more familiar with say fantasy football, maybe this is something that suits them a little bit better. It works, uh, they only have for, for points leagues, but it is something very different in the fantasy basketball landscape. Their app is also super clean. Really, really great user interface. Um, the chat fa- function's fantastic. So they, they do have quite a lot of optionality and a lot of different uh a lot of different options in terms of third round reversal drafts um yeah trading options the chat function all that stuff it's beautifully presented on the sleeper app and if you're looking for something a little bit different for fantasy basketball sleeper might be that answer for you so go and download the sleeper app start a league with your mates see how it goes using their game pick format it's something different in the fantasy basketball world go and give it a go and uh and see see what you can get out of it Guys, as I just uh, choke, maybe I'm choked because I'm stressed and I need that tension relief. The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, especially in these troubling times. Theragun, it might be the answer for you. It is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there is no substitute for a Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams worldwide like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds and thousands of customers and me. So try Theragun for 30 days, starting at $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now. And get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. therabody.com slash locked on. All right, let's look at some small forward busts over on Yahoo now. I like Mikael Bridges a lot. I think 57's a little bit too far. He was 67th last season. So you're expecting a little bit of a step forward for him. It may come, it may not. I don't, I'm not, again, hating on this. Yahoo's adjusted their rankings a ton. It is hard to find those absolutely egregious ones. Won't be as hard of a problem on ESPN, I'm telling you. Bridges at 57 just feels like it's a bit too high for me. I also think um, Jeremy Grant at 69 is probably going a little bit too high as well. Grant was really good to start last season, but then he regressed back to being basically Jeremy Grant, but higher usage, and it didn't work out particularly well. I think that what we saw in terms of high efficiency, high usage for the first 30 games of the season is probably the anomaly. And that makes it really hard for me to suggest that Jeremy Grant should be a player that's taken in, in that sixth round. I just don't, I don't think that, you know what he did at the end of last season was the flu, the, the fluky bad shooting part. I think that he's fine in the eighty to ninety-five range. Sixty-nine is just too high for Jeremy Grant. Um, and Yahoo people are actually drafting him earlier at sixty-three, which I don't really understand. He was seventieth last season, on the back of that really hot start to the season, which I, I don't think is a realistic expectation. Keldon Johnson's at 113. Yes, it is a very popular uh, sleeper pick for Keldon. He's going to get all of the usage that DeMar DeRozan left behind. Uh, He'll get some of the usage for sure. That's all well and good. But it doesn't change the fact that he gets no assists, no steals, and no blocks. And I see people try and twist themselves into knots, trying to talk themselves into this. I've I've seen it multiple times on Reddit. People throw it out there and go, well, Keldon Johnson must be a 3 and D wing. He, he just must be. That's what he looks like. He must be a 3 and D wing. And they go, well, he'll get defensive stats. He's, got, he's going to get you the defensive stats. Well, the problem with that is, is it's absolute bullshit. Like, he just doesn't. He had under 0.9 steals and blocks combined last year. He gets no assists. He has subpar field goals and free throws. And while we expect him in his third season to improve, absolutely we do. I don't think all of those things will improve, especially when you t- tie it into what he did in college, where he, again, was you know, given that 3 and D type moniker with no defensive stats at all. That, that's carried over. This is just who he is. Now, maybe, maybe he comes out and averages 1.4 steals. That is definitely a possibility. It's a long shot possibility, and pinning your hopes to that is going to lead to massive disappointment. He's going to have to improve his threes, assists, steals, blocks, field goals, and free throw percentage, he will get more minutes. He will get more shot attempts. I, there is no debating any of that. But you need so many of those other things to come together. And I will happily take Calden at 140. I just won't do it at 108 where his ADP sits. You're expecting too much stuff to happen just because, well, look how he looks. He must be able to get defensive stats when literally has never been proven accurate. Royce O'Neill's at 131. No. What? No. What? What? Why? I know who Royce O'Neill is. You know who Royce O'Neal is. There's zero upside for him to even get to this spot. Maybe he gets to 150. Are people getting so tantalized by the fact that he never touches the ball, therefore never turns it over? That does not help your fantasy team. There is no reason to take Royce O'Neill in any 12-team league, let alone in round 10. Uh, Aaron Gordon, another one I want to talk about, 127. He just was bad in, in Denver from a fantasy perspective. He's never been great from a fantasy perspective. And I don't really expect huge amounts to change for him this season. Again, like Calden, if you want to take him at 148, sure. But 112 of his Yahoo ADP, it doesn't make tons of sense to me to grab him in uh, in that area. I just think there are better ways that you can do that. Let's look at power forwards now. The wiki Chris Boucher is at 68 and his ADP is 53. That's because they have bumped his ranking back down. I think it was at 49 before this. I yeah, Boucher is all over the shop. Like He could easily be a top 30 player if he played 32 minutes a night. The problem is Nurse does not like that. Nurse does not trust him to play big minutes at center. There is an opening at power forward with Pascal Siakam out to begin the season. And maybe Boucher starts there. But I don't really think that... You're going to have Nick Nurse trusting Boucher to play 32 minutes a night all season, or even 27 minutes a night all season. And at 68, you're hoping for that. At 80 or 90, no worries. I had no problem picking him there. It's going to be a roller coaster again. Who knows how many minutes he actually gets at centre, considering Birch and Achua can get some of that playing time there as well. And maybe they're getting some guys from Dallas Moses Brown, Dwight Powell. Who knows? I just don't think that the upside is really there. Chumra Kiki's at 119. Again, like Calden. You can take him with the last pick. 119 is probably a little bit aggressive for me. I just don't see, um, especially with John Isaac back, that Tumor and Franz Wagner being drafted. I just don't see Tumor being able to play at the level he did for the last 10 games or so of last season. Larry Markkinen at 110 is too high. And then people on Yahoo drafting have gone 110. Guys, you guys are crazy. I'm taking him at 98. You, you shouldn't be. I don't know whether Markinen starts. Surely they don't start Markinen over Evan Mobley. But regardless, I don't think he's playing a high-usage 32-minute-a-night role. 110 and especially 98 is ridiculous. And then a couple of deeper ones, which I think bear mentioning. Juan Toscano Anderson at 172. He had some nice moments at the end of last season, but Otto Porter, Nemanja Bielica, the return of James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga around, not that I think he's going to play huge amounts, but all of those are going to cut into what Toscano Anderson can do. And 172 puts him firmly in that 16-team league. Oh, sorry, 14-team league discussion, and I don't think it should. And just quietly, Siku Dumbaya is at 253. I don't know if they haven't adjusted it after the trade. He won't play for Brooklyn most nights. I, I don't know why he would be being bothered with at 253. That doesn't make really any sense to me. Let's go to some center busts. There are more busts here, I think. Um... I throw Miles Turner on this list just because uh, it is a possibility that he has an actual ranking higher than this. But remember, the problem with Turner is it's so highly concentrated into one category, the blocks, that if they go from 3.4 to 2.6, he drops 30 spots straight away. Again, it's not a terrible pick in that fourth round area for Turner if you are desperate for blocks and you need someone who blocks shots and doesn't hurt your free throws. But there are other guys that I'd prefer ahead of him. I just took him actually in round four of a Roto draft. I think his value in Roto is higher than head-to-head, to to be honest, because he's not hurting you across the uh, percentage categories, as some other big men do in in Roto situations. Um, But it's just a little bit too high. I think Brook Lopez at 90 is ridiculous. Lopez, another year older, as we all are, but he's on the wrong side of 30, 32. He He didn't crack the top 100 last season, If anything, he probably loses a minute this year. And maybe goes to 120. 90 is just way too high. I think Mitch Robinson's also a little bit high. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Now, there is a giant possibility that Robinson returns this value. But much like Turner, his value is concentrated into a couple of categories. Field goal percentage and blocks. Last season, in a bid to stay on the court, his block rate dropped. And he was injured a lot. I think he's solid around the ninety-ish type area, but at seventy, you're hoping for almost best-case scenario. Same as with Evan Mobley at eighty-six. I love Mobley. I think he's probably going to be the second-best player out of this draft class, and for fantasy, that's where I'd have him. But I don't think it's going to be this year. You've got to deal with the market and scenario first. You've got to deal with the fact that he's a rookie and he's lacking strength. And there's so much ha- like he could easily be a top forty player in fantasy in a couple of years, like very easily. But at 86 for a rookie that we're just a little bit uncertain of how he goes straight away and he's spotting the rotation and all that sort of stuff, it's it's too high. It's just burning a pick. And then, of course, the big one, the big avocado, Andre Drummond at 93. Why? And people are seeing him ranked at 93 and going, you know what? That's that's ridiculous. We've got to take him even higher. 87 is where we want him. Guys, He is a backup to Joel Embiid. But what about the games, Josh, when Joel Embiid is out? Great point, Jeeves. He plays 30 minutes for 15 games a year, and then he plays 15 minutes a night the other days. I, uh, you want to take Andre Drummond with your last pick because you're handcuffing Joel Embiid? Go ahead. Inside the top 100, uh, I've only got one thing to say. a oh, fuck off. Fuck off. No, no, absolutely no need for it. Unless you have some sort of premonition that Embiid's going to miss 70 games, then I could see taking Drummond there. Otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. There are some more center busts on Yahoo. Uh, Steven Adams at 106. they got Clark Tillman and Jaron Jackson. Adams was nowhere near 106 last year, and I don't think he gets anywhere near it again. I wouldn't draft Steven Adams in standard leagues, personally. 106 is too high. And while I love Nick Claxton... One twenty-two, round twelve, round eleven, actually that is. It's it's insanity, Aldridge, Griffin, Millsap, they're all going to get centre minutes. I love Claxton. I think he's probably the best player of that group. But even if they do play him the most minutes of that group, it's not going to be twenty-five a night. It just isn't. So again, take a flyer on him at pick one fifty. Not at 122. And there's some other ones that made me laugh. Marquise Chris at 228. Literally not even guaranteed a roster spot. He's fighting with Dennis Smith Jr., who was too high in their point guard ratings for a roster spot in Portland. And if he comes in third-string center, Dario Saric is at least doing something for the memes. Two for two, two, two. He's at 222. He won't play this season. That's ridiculous. And then Harry Giles, actually a guy that is battling for the third-string center position for the Clippers along with Isaiah Hartenstein. He's at 260. These are guys that are non-guaranteed deals and may not get a roster spot, Chris and Giles, and they are ranked too high. So I just thought I'd throw that out there, just a quick mention quick mention of those players. Let's go across to ESPN now and have a look at some bust options there. We've, We've talked about Luka Doncic already at three. He's at three on ESPN as well. It's way too high. Darren Fox is at 18. Now, in a points league, I think that's actually maybe a little bit too low. In a category league, it's way too high. Yahoo actually dropped Fox way down to outside the top 50, which is ridiculous. But 18 is ridiculous in the other direction. 30s, no problem. Top 20 for Darren Fox, no thank you. Lonzo Ball at 38 on ESPN. I like Lonzo a lot. I just think it's going to be hard, not only because of usage, because it's not just all about usage, but even assist opportunities, because DeRozan's going to have the ball. Levine's going to have the ball. So while Lonzo, I think, is going to be good in that 48, 45 to 58 sort of range, that sort of area, 38 is too high. That's an you know, almost third-round sort of player. Westbrook at 17. is the same on both sides, and my reasoning's the same. And then Kemba Walker at 32. No, thank you. Not only... I don't think Kemba Walker on a per-game basis gets to 32. He could. I don't think he does. Um, but the knee problem is a real issue. I think Kemba can be a real steal if you're getting him at like 78, 80, which you can on Yahoo. But at 32, uh, there's no, you're eliminating, not only are you eliminating any possible value by drafting him there, you're probably not going to even get to that level. Or even on a per game basis, it just is, it's a ranking which doesn't make a gigantic ton of sense. Some more ESPN point guard busts. Jar Moran at 52, we spoke about already. Malcolm Brogdon at 48 is too high for me. He wasn't even a top 50 player last season where he was he was really good, obviously, but missed a lot of time. He was 51st last year. Um, you, know, you tie in the fact that Rick Carlisle probably plays at a slower pace this season. You've got a full season of Karis LeVert as well. I'm just not sure that he can improve on where he was last year. Mike Conley's at 69. Um, and while Conley on a per game basis might get there, they're going to be really cautious with his hamstring. There's no point burning a pick there. And these next two are just legitimately baffling. Devontae Graham at 46 and Spencer Dinwiddie at 42. If you take these guys at this spot, just give it away. Like, Just stop stop playing fantasy. Like That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Again, you might say, you know what, Josh? Devontae is going to hit 45% of his shots. He's going to start getting big steals. He's going to be huge usage. He's going to overtake Ingram for usage. And you might believe that. But if you take him at 46, there's just no value in it. Your chances of that coming true are 5%. And the same with Dinwiddie at 42. Well, he's in a uh, high-value role now. All right, so now he's going to get steals. He's going to hit threes. He's going to hit free throws. He's going to hit field goals. He's going to grab rebounds, is he? Yeah, that'll all happen in Washington. And maybe it does. But again, you're just eliminating all of that value. If you truly believe that Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be the 42nd-ranked player... The the value you have in that is by getting him at 70 or 80 even, which is too high for me, but you might believe that. At 42, what what, what is the what is the upside for it? If you're taking him at 42, you go, Oh, at 42, I actually think he can be 30th. I think you're actually dreaming, but maybe that happens. I, I just there's the uh the theory behind that doesn't really work for me. ESPN, three pages of point guard busts I've got for them. Derek Rose is at eighty nine. Why? Derek Rose last year was 114th ranked player in 26 minutes a night. And now in front of him is not Alfred Payton. It's Kemba Walker. Uh, Rose, maybe you look at in the last round. You definitely don't look at him inside the top 90. Markel Fultz at 112. He's not going to be ready to begin this season. There is Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. And even last season before his injury, he wasn't a top 150 player. I'm happily taking, would take Fultz ahead of like a Clay Thompson or even a TJ Warren with my last picks. I think he comes back in November, but not at 112. There's no value in that. Dennis Schroeder is at 64. Schroeder at 64 makes literally no sense. I spoke about it earlier. There's no sense in that. Kobe White at 103. Not going to be ready to start the season. And a backup. And maybe their fourth guard behind Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, and Zach Levine. And you're getting them at 103. No. And then uh, this next one's probably equally as confusing. d Wright at 93. And I know d had a really strong stretch. That was when he was the starting point guard for the Pistons and getting 35 minutes a night with high usage. I can assure you, he's not the starting point guard for the Atlanta Hawks, nor is he the starting shooting guard. He's probably the backup point guard. But there's still Herder, Lou Williams, Cam Reddish. They're all going to get minutes off the bench. Ninety-three. You might as you might as well just burn that, set it on fire, burn the pick, and then don't even worry about pissing on it to put it out because it's it's done, it's finished. Like that's going to burn that quickly that you're not even going to be able to extinguish it. That's how bad it is. Let's look at some shooting guard busts now. Christian James McCollum's at thirty-four. Some places just really overrate McCollum from a fantasy point of view every year. He was 50th last year on a per game basis in 34 minutes a night. I see no rationale for him being 34th. Uh, that makes no sense at all. Don't pick him there. I wouldn't pick him in the top 50. He's their third best player. There's no way you take him in that third round. Terry Rogier at 43. Rogier was awesome last season because his two point shooting went from like 42% to 50%. Like, just improved out of nowhere. Maybe that's not real. In fact, over the second half of last season, it dropped off. So that ranking would suggest that, nah, it is real, but he's also going to get better. And I don't know how that happens. So I think Rogier is actually someone who's going to drop off from where he was last year, where he was, what, the 53rd ranked player. Not improve. Then a couple of Jalens. Jalen Green at 75 and Jalen Suggs at 76. Maybe they can be 90th, 88th. It's going to be rough initially for those guys. And again, you're taking them just way too early in that spot. That's like the start of the seventh round. I would not be grabbing those players in that position in their rookie season. I'd rather someone else have them. If they pop off, then that's great. Someone else has dealt with the shitty moments that you're going to get for them earlier in the season, which feels like it's almost going to happen for sure. Some other shooting guard busts, of course. Clay Thompson at 65. If you draft Clay Thompson at 65, just put your laptop screen down. You're done. Your draft's over. Forget about that. Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 74. I do think he's a nice breakout guy. I think he's got value. But 74, you are eliminating all upside. Now, the good thing is that ESPN's ADP has got him at 95. So people are looking at this and going, no. Like, no. But he might not even start. Maybe they do start Josh Hart. Maybe they start Trey Murphy. I don't think they will. But maybe they do. Uh, 74 is no value in him. Malik Beasley, I think, is nice. If you can get him around 120. At 97, you're expecting him to do what he did last season, which was without a full season of D'Anthony, D'Anthony no, D'Angelo Russell or Carl Anthony Towns and a, uh, f- a non fully formed Anthony Edwards. I just don't think he's able to uh, yeah put that those numbers back together again. And then we spoke about founder Pants already. Kevin Hurd is at 118 on ESPN. He's not doing that. He's just not. This is not. I don't see how he's getting those minutes that we saw him get last season. Let's look at some um, small, forward, um, small forward busts. A fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. LeBron's at 16. LeBron wasn't a top 20 player last season. His ADP is actually 11, which is insane. Uh, points leagues, you do bump him up a bit. But now Westbrook is around and that and Anthony Davis is probably going to play more games. There's just no way that I would recommend taking LeBron in the first four picks of the second round. I couldn't do it. End of the second round? Sure. No way at 16. Karis Levert's at 51. I like Levert. But the problem with him always persists. Low field goals, low free throws on high volume. He gets nice assists. Sometimes he can get steals. His three-point shooting's iffy. He'll score a bit. But 51, it's, it's too high. Bogdanovich is at 61. He shot the lights out. He's like a 46% three-point shooter last year. I expect regression there. Plus, I expect a healthy DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. DeLon Wright in the mix as well. That's expecting Bogdanovich to have significant improvements on where he was last season. And I'm just not sure, given the structure of this roster. Yes, we don't expect Bogdanovich to fracture his kneecap again, but he came back from that and was awesome because everyone else was hurt. I love Bogdanovich. I just think that's too high. Miles Bridges at 67. Explain it to me. You can't. There's no way. Uh, Bridges was a real surprise last year, but you're expecting him to now take another 30-spot leap forward. I, I just don't buy why we would expect that um, at all. Uh, it just it doesn't make a huge a huge amount of sense to, to have him in that area. And then Andy Wiggins at 68. He's more of a 90 player. The scoring is nice. Everything else is a little off for him, especially the free throw shooting. 68, it's just too high. There's just no no reason to take him in that area. Let's look at some power forward bus, and interestingly, the power forward situ- situation on ESPN—they're actually ranked pretty okay. Sabonis at eleven. No, we just, we do not take Demontis Sabonis in the first round. Let's get that out of our head. So that's one we need to have out of the, out of the way. And then everything else was was all right. Yeah, Marvin Marvin Bagley at ninety two is in craziness. Like that is insanity. You do not Marvin Bagley is not a standard league draftable guy, let alone inside the top one hundred. Daniel Tice at one eleven. I, I do think Tice starts but I wouldn't be drafting him with 40-odd picks still left on the clock. That makes no sense. And then a couple other ones which I thought will be it. Paul Millsap at 196 and Zach Collins at 197. I don't know why these sites are ranking Zach Collins that high. He's not going to play until maybe February. There's no need for him to be ranked anywhere inside the top 260. And Millsap, there's just not enough minutes there for him to have any any sort of level of that impact. And let's go lastly to some centers on ESPN. There's some wild ones here as well. Uh, Mason Plumlee at 84 is too high. Plumlee is a bit of a sleeper if he's at 120. At 84, you've taken all value away from Mace there. Evan Mobley at 82, we spoke about already. Al Horford at 94. Wow. I think Horford can be pretty solid, but he also could be literally just the backup to Robert Williams and play 24 minutes a night at most. Like That's a possibility. And a pick 94, you're just wasting it. And then Tom Bryant at 107. He won't be ready to begin the season. Maybe he's back in February. Why are you wasting a 10th round pick? Actually, not a 10th round pick, like a 9th round pick on Thomas Bryant, who you're going to have to have in IR for three months. And then when he comes back, there's Harold and Gafford still there battling him. Just a waste of a pick if you're selecting him in that area. That'll do it for my busts show. We will have points, league sleepers, and busts coming later this week. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on that Odyssey app, guys, on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Ring the bell. Tell your friends, guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.